Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to J.Ill, a production of iHeartRadio. What's up, everybody? Hi. Hi. This is your friendly neighborhood, Jill Scott, with my amazing sister friends, Laius and Claire. Hey, y'all. E, Aja Graydon Dansler. Yeah. And we today are, uh, well, let me just say this, because we don't normally have this privilege, but today we have the brilliant, brilliant MC Fonte in the birthday. Wow. <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? Thank you so much, man. That means a lot. You think I'm brilliant. That, that really means a lot. I do think you're brilliant. I told you I think you're brilliant. No, I think you're brilliant as well. Like your album. I, I don't think we, we never even, I got even got to tell you the story, man. Like this, like your record, like who is Jill Scott? So my buddy, uh, Charles Whitfield. Yes. Hi, Charles. We know Charles. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He, you know, I had like some early mixes of that record, you know what I'm saying? Through another homie his that he was working with and and I was working with, but, and I just heard early mix of that record and I was just like, holy shit, man. Like this shit is amazing. And um, that record got me through like a really, a really rough time just in my life. That That was around the time that my son was about to be born. So my girl time was pregnant with my first son. And um, I was scared out of my fucking mind. Mm. And, you know, that record just really got me through that. And um, I, I just never got to thank you, man, because that it just really it, it ministered to me at a time when I really needed it. And um, I, I just want to say thank you. Wowzers. <laughs> thank you. So like, <laughs> look, I, I, oh, oh, she faints. She blushes. <laughs> She's no good now. No, She's no real. good. Uh, she does a side snake. Side snake, back snake, side snake, and back snake. Family and friends, we, Aja actually came across this post on the interweb, on the gram thing. And I read, dear black people, we got to stop pretending that the deterioration of the two parent household hasn't contributed to our issues as black people, especially with the last and present generation. This baby mama, baby daddy culture must be avoided instead of embraced. Respectfully. Mm. Ding. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So when I said that, when I read that, Aja, 
jumped up mm. and on her furious fire pit. Fury, a.k.a. Furious Styles, See, Asia. y'all already trying to paint me as the angry black woman and I oh. don't even appreciate that shit. Nobody. That's not how I did it. Uh-uh. I said furious. I Never. said furious. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, it's not that. It's, um, we're here to talk and we're here yeah. to spark this conversation. Mm-hmm. So, as uh, soon as I read it, I was like, ooh, Aja gonna have something to say about this. I know I do. <laughs> yes, oh. you did. Yeah. And Asia, well, and Asia ain't well, like it. listen, here's the vibe, right? Here's the vibe. I think it lacks a ton of context. Okay. And context think, and nuance. And nuance. Okay. It is, it's one of those statements that uh, we like to throw out there. And particularly, we like to throw out there from a very privileged place. Number one, when we are heterosexual or mm. already married or women who can give birth. Mm. Oh, okay. shit. Context. So there's a lot of... So, I mean, that's just the first thing in my mind that pops out. It's like, well, you know, you're certainly saying these things from a positioning that society has already deemed you as more worthy to speak on it than anybody else. So that's the first problem. Second problem is, what is baby mommy, baby daddy culture? What is that exactly, though? Like, and because I, I just I need to have a definition. Like, I can't either agree or argue if I don't have a definition. And based on the fact that she would even make this statement from the positioning where she is makes me believe that her definition is all wrapped up in all the isms that I can't stand. Classism. You feel me? Capitalism. And it's just like, these are the things that bother me about this statement. It's obviously not having a family that is healthy is going to contribute to the deterioration of our people, right? But that unhealthy family can absolutely come in the form of one with a mother and father. Ask your own mother and father. Mm, yeah, Pat, yeah. And I think it's important that we stop stressing these things because what happens is that what we do is we forget that there's some amazing people who got many, many things from being raised by extended family, grandmothers, yeah, aunts, grandmas, aunts, uncles, nine. Yeah. and we also do a, a disservice to our LGBTQ community who also raise beautiful, well, rounded, rounded, you know, fabulous children. And so, but they and they're in two parent households too, though. Just on the flip side, I'm like LGBTQ people. They also have two parent households as well. So, and sometimes they're single parents as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, true. But I think a lot of times what happens is that people do assume that this is heteronormative, because what happens is that when they have these conversations, you get a lot of church folks that roll. And not saying that all church folks are on that tip, but you get a bunch of them in the comments, right? So when we got to remember how these things go get mixed together. So that's just my mind. That's <laughs> off the top. My issue with it, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's my boom. That's that it said that's what the, that revved me up, made me say, Oh, oh, really? And I actually follow this sister. I mean, she's she's a thorough sister. Like, you know, it's not even like on some old, like, you know, I'm not rah rah with her, but I just can't ride. We are going to have opinions that don't necessarily mesh because of our perspective. That's just the way life goes. Boom. Period. Now, as a single parent, I would have definitely preferred not to be that. Right. She said avoid it. Yeah. Avoid Mm -hmm. it. If I could have avoided being a single parent based Mm -hmm. on the happy, well-rounded whole families that I do know, the ones where, you know, mama need a break and daddy got it or daddy need mm-hmm. a break and mama got it. You know, just having another partner in the home that loves your child as much, someone that you're not paying to be there because that's a whole other situation. But someone that you're not paying, somebody that has a stake in this child's life is just as much as you do is superbly valuable. Yeah, right. being a single right. parent sucks. I've done it. I mean, I've been a single dad like there's nothing to glorify like that shit is terrible <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean and i mean you yeah. you know it has nothing to do with your care for your kids but it's just you know you love your kids but it's like having another set of eyes you know to yeah. catch things you know that you just didn't see and you know there's been several times that you know my my wife has noticed stuff 
about the boys, you know, my boys. And she'd be like, you know, you ever noticed that he did this or maybe he's acting a little. And I was like, damn, I never even noticed that, you know, and and vice versa. You know, there's things that we're going to see as parents, you know, different, you know, as men and women. There's things that we're going to catch that the other parent may not. And that's something that's been immensely helpful. And single parenthood is just not, it is not easy at all. And that's the point. I think that's where, I, th- from my stance, that's but what she's trying you to embrace, get at. Did either of you embrace that moment though? Did you all say, you know what? I want to be a single parent. Um, I didn't say I wanted to be one. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I did, so when yeah, someone I tells you you need to avoid it at all costs, it's not like that happened to you because you didn't do all the things necessary right, right, right. to yeah. avoid nah, it. So my point is most people end up in this position not because they just, you know, was like, you know what? Forget it. I'm going to just go do it. Right. That wasn't the goal. (laughs) But then there's another population of people. And I'm going to just tell Uh y'all as the non-parent and the single lady here that wanted to have a family that's been sitting on, had my legs stretched open with a male doctor, told him I don't have a man. And he says that, you know, with knowing my fibroid situation, he's like, you got a little bit amount of time. And I say, well, you know, you need a man for that. And he's like, actually, you know, you don't. Mm. He's like, why don't you just, you know, you don't need a man to have a baby. There's, <laughs> and I, that's why I feel you too, Asia, on the sense of you don't purposely go into it, but then there is a whole nother aspect of life now where there are women who are, purposely going into it because they don't see any alternatives. And then there's the other side of things where I, not for nothing, I've always said there are certain places where there is more of a culture of non-marriage and excuse death, baby, baby mama, baby father culture. I'm sorry. To me, there are just certain areas where, yeah, it's not celebrated. Marriage is not celebrated, maybe because of history and generational situations. But I kind of used to, I'm about to get in trouble, but I kind of used to say that about Philadelphia in a way that there wasn't a big marriage culture promoted in comparison to where I came from. And neither one is better than the other one of of Washington, D.C., where a lot of my my peers are married. You're whispering. I'm whispering because I feel bad (laughs) that I'm saying this out loud, that I feel like Philly doesn't have a, doesn't promote a a marriage. What I guess guess my question would be, what era of Philly and and D.C. are we talking about? Now. That part. Because now. DC now is, I don't know. Well, well, you know, I don't know Philly in that way. Y'all, you're much more uh, knowledgeable about Philly. But I know in DC now, I mean, yo, that shit is it's shooting fish in a barrel. You know well, yeah, I mean? now like, it's harder. To, I mean, the numbers are bad. It's, it's like 30, 30 men to every woman. So now it's yeah, like it's, everybody's off. And, and that's why yeah. a lot of women, again, are planning on their single mother career life because they still want to have a family and have kids. So it's like, well, shit, ain't no men out there. But again, I think that we're we're blaming a symptom as the problem, right? So we have this situation that we find ourselves in that if you trace it, if you keep on going back to the root, you're going to find a systemic issue that we're responding to, which causes us to have these issues and problems. And they're talking about, I mean, and, and that's why I say it's important. Obviously, not having a healthy household is going to, you know, add to the quote unquote issues that black people have. But what it does, the undercurrent is saying that our personal decisions are the reasons why black people have issues. Uh And the reason why I take issue with that type of tone is that it takes all the attention away from the real enemy here, which is a systemic enemy who is white supremacy. White people, thank you. White people, if you take it away from them, they're going to happily let you have it. They're like, sure, it's your fault. Well, yeah, I mean, they're making terrible decisions. I've always said, like, I mean, I've always said, the last step, the last step, in the cultural extermination of a people is when the oppressor can walk away and say, look at what they're doing to themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? It, when, when all of a sudden now the, uh, so we're just going to look and it's like, Oh, look at all these single parents and look at all these, this black on black crime, all this shit. Look at what they're doing to themselves, really to themselves. So we're just going to take away slavery, Jim Crow, redlining, mass incarceration, <laughs> mass incarceration, all of those things that just happened in a vacuum. Like we just black people just woke up one day and decided we was going to just say, fuck our kids. We leave and we gone. Kill each other. Fuck it. Kill each other. Cause that's just what we do. That's just right. who we are as a people. But right. without existing any of the, the context and the situations that created that dysfunction. Oh, we should put, I, sh- I should put a disclaimer out there. Then I'm totally understanding that the, the, this derives from white supremacy and the separation of our people <laughs> and the, the continued destruction of the black family. I, I, I want to say that as I say my shit about Philadelphia. Honey, well, well, I mean, just... please watch Claudine. 
Just just watch Claudine, the fantastic <laughs> right. Diane Carroll and James Earl Jones get into it because right. it represents the 70s particularly and how if you had a man in the house, you couldn't get your your the food that no was stamped assistance. that you no government assistance whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Be clear right. though, as as we're talking about this, I don't like you said, I don't think that anybody chooses to be a single parent. If I could have avoided being a single parent, I certainly would have done that for real. Jet was a gift and a surprise. I did not see my child coming. I did not think I could have children. And I was okay with that. I found peace with not mm-hmm. being able to have kids. And then surprise, We're going to have to surprise, talk about that later. Put a pin in that because you want to teach some, some lessons in that. But God, <laughs> surprise, surprise. And the partner that I had... Also, you know, we we weren't using any protection. Okay, so let's talk about that. Choosing not to use protection can very well mean children. And what I'm saying here is that you have to be mindful of who you're sticking your roots into. Okay, if this is somebody, this is your fun buddy. And that's what they are. Mm. If it's your your mate, your boyfriend or or whatever, yeah, uh, there's a big possibility that you're gonna have a baby. It's it's yeah. it's it can yeah, happen. Yeah, but you can make but that think, same janky think, but, choice. You can make that same janky choice when you choose to get married. You can yeah. absolutely. It's I'm like, divorced so, twice. Got <laughs> right. Like, there's so nothing. Like, there's nothing. No, there's shout nothing. Shout out to Lizelle. You were awesome. It's not your fault. <laughs> Love you. Yeah. Love you forever. That's yes, for real. Yes, yes. <laughs> for real. <laughs> More conversation after this break. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially, step up like a boss and save the day, or see what life's like under the tree of life. Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Nah, there's nothing reasonable at all about conception. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing, like, I think humanity depends on us being unreasonable human beings or else it would cease to exist. If you had, like, if you really had the time, if people actually took the time to think that, yo, this 5, 10, 15, whatever minutes of pleasure is going to end in 35. 18 years of, okay, 35. Whatever. Going back and forth. 10 hours if you're staying. Going whatever. to court. You know I mean? <laughs> I'm right. joking. Yeah, you know I mean, if you if people really thought about that, like they would not fucking have kids, you know what I'm saying? But humanity requires us to lose ourselves in that moment for it to even be a possibility. Because if you actually thought rationally about the shit, that's nobody would take that fucking deal. Are you shitting me? Maybe like, that's the no. that's the gag there is that we're not 
thinking about the possible future because we're in the moment. We're not thinking about um, who we're with or maybe even why we're there. I mean, pleasure is pleasure, but with the possibility of having a child with somebody and that changes everything. That changes everything. So I am saying you have to be mindful of who you're sticking your roots into because what you don't want is to have a non-participant. That thing hurts. It hurts. A non-participant or a fucked up participant. Or a fucked mm. up participant. You know what I mean? Right. Either like, way. I mean, right. you know, like me and my cousin, we, you know, had this conversation like a couple, you know, weeks ago just about how, you know, we both, you know, if you grow up in a single parent household, there's a part of you that has to think is like which parent is worse, the one that stayed or the one that left. You know what I mean? Because mm. it's like the one that left is like, you know, when people talk about like single parents and single, you know, the, the other party, right? Wh- whichever the absentee parent is, that person is always looked at as, oh, they, they ain't worth a damn, they ain't shit, they leaving their kids, whatever. I've, you know, recently, and, and you know, in my past years, just based on situations that I've been through in my, you know, life uh, with my kids, you know, sometimes I, I wonder if there is, just to allow some grace for the other parent, if there is a, a way of looking at it and say, well, you know what? As painful as it is that that person is gone, I can respect that they have the honesty to admit that they don't have the capacity for this. You know what I'm saying? Rather hmm. than them sticking around and like in like putting their fucked up values and just all the they shit on the kid, maybe it is better if they out the fucking picture. Now, again, that shit is not ideal. That yeah, because they, not... they betting on the other parent being the better one. Because I'm like, yeah, what if you, you left for that reason and you got you still ain't no better off with the other yeah, one? Exactly. Exactly. They let, yeah, they're betting on, you, you, you know that, they're betting on the other parent to be the better one because they know what their limitations and capacities as a human being and as a parent is. But most oftentimes, and that's the whole, that's the woman, which is a whole nother thing about how, you know, one feels like they can walk away and a woman usually can't walk away as fast because... For so many reasons, but that's. Yeah, I mean, no, I just can't. look at it like this: that the the goal has to be that we have in healthy whole people, and Bottom that line. healthy whole people they're going to approach parenthood in a way that is going to be cognizant of whatever a child is lacking, and a child can be lacking in some really significant things in a household where there are two parents. Both parents could, in my children's situation. Both of their parents came from a quote unquote broken home. So there were things that we just didn't know to do either of us. Mm. And so there mm. are ways if you're working on yourself and, and Fatina and I are trying to heal ourselves, then what our children need emotionally is eventually going to come up to the surface. And then it's going to be like, well, how can I create something where they have this outlet or they have these other places where they can get these uh, this other supports? So that's where it gets into like us as Africans, like how we do things is like, when they say it takes a village, that's not some cute like stuff. Uh-uh. That means the village is important. The village is essential. And that village is essential even if you have two parents. The whole idea of a nuclear family, that is some um, westernized thinking outside of not even just uh, against African thinking, but against even traditional European ethnic thinking. Because big Irish families, big Italian families, they came to this country too also and functioned with the village mentality. But the idea of American exceptionalism, that is what has caused us to think or isolate ourselves into these mom, dad, two kids, picket fence, we're going to function how we do in this household. That individualism is really, to me, the big part of the breakdown of the strength of black family. Because black family has never, ever functioned like that. It Hmm. is not an isolated thing. My kids need their aunties. My son calls Laia all the time. Yeah, because I think there's a big part of that, you know, it's, it's like the principle that we learn who we are through other people. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, so it's like if your kid is in your house with your two parents and their brother, sister, whatever, that's one thing. But learning their aunts, I mean, like just over quarantine, like I've been having conversations for the first time, you know, sadly. Um, with like my grandmother like my grandmother's 94 years old and you know and I try to make a a note like to call her every Sunday and we just talk because (laughs) you know I'm just realizing it's like man when she goes 
this is like a library that's dying. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you know, these are stories that I will never get to hear firsthand again. And, you know, she was telling me stories about like my uncles that, and these were her brothers that passed like way before, like I was even born, you know what I mean? But she's telling me stories about them and she's telling me stories about her dad and her mom. And in hearing those things, it's teaching me more about myself. Hmm. And and I'm understanding like, damn, okay, well, that's where I get this shit from. Or that's where, man, you know what I mean? It's like it's all kinds of dots are, are starting to connect. And, you know, that's something that, you know, what Asia was saying, just in terms of the village aspect, it, it definitely takes a village to raise the, the kid in terms of, you know, having a bunch of sets of eyes looking out. I mean, I grew up in a small town, you know, rural North Carolina, and if I did something bad in school, I heard about it three, four, five, six times by the time I got home. <laughs> everybody knew. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. boy, I heard you was showing your ass in math class today. You know you better than that. I'm like, damn, like, that shit was the original black Twitter, nigga. Yo, like, you- Growing up- <laughs> You know what you just made me think of? I'm sorry, Fonte, this is totally that, random, but this is a, a little Fonte unknown, like, fact that I wanted to share with Asia and Jill. Did y'all know that as a little boy that Fonte was in the color purple? Yes. <laughs> what? Yes, <laughs> I did. <laughs> Yes, I did. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Can had to bring this up. Can, I'm sorry. God, can we can we say it uh, together, Laia? Which part? The, the, uh, His oh. line. Wait, he didn't. have a line. I didn't have a line. I didn't have a line. I didn't have a line. Okay, I didn't now have a line. I'm all wrong because you I, was about to say it's gonna rain I in your head. I swore you that was, was you with all my heart. <laughs> That's not me. With all not my me. heart, I thought that was you. What? Now he fucked up the laundry. Tell him what you did, Fonte. You yeah, like so. I was so there was a scene when um they're running through like with with with, with Celia and Nettie are doing laundry and they're hanging up the clothes, and she's like telling I her, know exactly like, "Look, you got to fight. About. You got to stand up to him." Yes. And these two kids go and run through the sheets, and that was you. She tells him like, "Y'all get out of here. Y'all get out." <laughs> I was one of the kids that ran through the sheets. That was my, yeah, that Go was my now. claim to Let fame. me just say, let me make Fonte feel real old right now. You know that movie <laughs> celebrates its 35th anniversary. Hey, wow. man, I love it. I'm 41 years old. That's on this, point. That's this, yes, this man. December, it celebrates its 35th anniversary. My girlfriend and I, Dr. Yabba Blay, we, we, uh -huh. we speak in color purple. Yes, yeah. amen. I yes. can speak and, that language. Me too, yes. yeah. And so it is like, it is, it's part of our our homegirl canon. Yeah, man. My grandmother, yeah, at the time, um, my uncle, uh, God, God rest in peace, my uncle Mike, he was working at Anson, Texas. They shot it in North Carolina. They shot it in uh, Anson County, which is this county, like kind of going back east from where I am. But um, they shot it there. And so my uncle at the time was working at this community college. It's like a financial aid advisor or whatever. And he told us, and he was like, yo, they're having auditions for this movie down here. Y'all should come and do it. And at the time, the working title was called Moon Song. That's what they were calling the movie. And so um, we were just like, I was like, all right. Now, granted, I'm six years old. I have no idea what the fuck this is. Uh -huh. And so, um, you know, I went and we went down there and it was during the summer and it was like hot. We went for auditions and like we go into this building at the college and it's like all these people there, like everyone's there. And so they called me in and it was me and this girl who was nine. She was like a bigger girl. And I'll never forget the audition was they wanted us to pretend that we were hungry and we wanted uh, our mom to like make us a jam sandwich. That was the audition. And like you had to display anger, you know? And so they were like, you know, like, give me some jam, I'm hungry. And they were direct me like, do that. And I was just like, okay, give me some jam, I'm hungry. And then the girl does it and she's like, give me some jam, I'm hungry. <laughs> and I was like, holy fuck, like y'all better feed this girl. She hungry for real, like, she, ain't, she ain't bullshit. Like, I was scared as shit, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, because she was really in it. And so we did it, and I walked out. And um, I remember walking out, like, feeling like I failed, you know what I mean? Like, I, I thought that I I was like, nah, I didn't do as good as she did, you know? But I just kind of walked out. And so, you know, we, we, we leave set. So then maybe like a week or two later, we come home, and we come to my grandmother's house. This is my mom. We were living with my grandmother at the time, my grandparents. And I'm in the den, and I'm sitting in the den, and the, the phone rings in the kitchen. My mom goes and picks up the phone, and I hear her scream. And, like, I know it's not a, like, it's not a trap. Like, right, someone right, died, right. right? You know what I mean? I was like, okay, what the fuck just happened? And so she tells me, and she said, they picked you to be, they want you to be an extra in the color purple. Oh and God. it hit me because I was like, wow. I'm like, okay, so 
the time I remember seeing that book in my grandmother's home. Like we mm. had, you know, my grandmother and grandfather, they were both teachers. So there were always books in our, in my childhood home. Mm. And I just remember seeing that book, like my aunt had it and she had like pages earmarked. Like, I just remember that book was always part of my childhood. And, um, you know, and I remember trying to read it, but I'm six and I'm just like, okay, this makes no sense. Right. <laughs> but, um, so we went out there and we got there and, you know, they put us, took me to the, you know, the little set, uh, where all the costume was and stuff and we get out there and you know I'm I'm in it and so we're going through and I remember meeting Spielberg at the time him and Amy Irvin they were married and they had wow. their son Max he was a kid so I remember her like breastfeeding and I remember telling my mom I was like mom like that white woman got her titty out. She was like, boy, get your damn fuck on you. Like, stop looking at You know what I mean? Because I just, you know, that shit was, I had never seen that, you know, but she was just feeding him. And then I remember Danny Glover, like, I was really, like, scared of him. Like, because he was, I mean, and he was the sweetest guy, you know what I mean? But, you know, you see in Take After Take, this nigga, big nigga beating Going on Going off on people. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I don't fuck this nigga, God. M-I-S-T-E-R. And here come Mr. Mr. Yeah, her, the first person I met on the set, I'll never forget, was Akus Wabusia, who played Nettie. And she was just like the sweet. She's like, oh, you little, you little chocolate boy. You're so sweet. Come here. You're so beautiful. And I'm like, you know, nervous. I'm like, what in the hell? Because, I mean, she's gorgeous. And, you know, and she was just, I mean, literally, I mean, to this day, like, I mean, she's just in person. She is one of the most beautiful people that, you know, I've ever met. I mean, she's I mean, a queen, right? Like, she really is a queen skin. somewhere. Yeah, I think she is now. Yeah, yeah I think now she really is. <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah, she's really a queen somewhere. Like, she she married yeah. a king Hold or up, something. Hold on, wait a minute, y'all. Nettie went to Africa and became a real queen? That's fantastic. She was... Yes. And I want to say, John is that what y'all? Is that what y'all were trying to tell me tonight? Not immediately. It's like after John Singleton, but still, you know what I'm saying? It's after John Singleton, and I want to say it was after Stevie as well. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Listen here, listen here, family. Come on, Tim. Here's, here's the thing. You know how conversations are. They start somewhere and they go somewhere else. And right. typically, it would just be the three of us. But this is a rare, rare occasion. We have the privilege of having Fonte talk to us and share about being a father, being a parent, about being on the color purple. <laughs> like, that's so dope that we're, we're just so going to ride with this. We're just, yeah, we're, we're just going to ride with this. It's a very special episode experience. of J.M. It's a very yeah, we special episode. I want to ask you about sure. Uncle Daddy's. You ever hear that phrase? Uncle Daddy's. I may have made this up. Is that like your mama's, like mom, daddy, mama's friend? Is that kind of what that is? Uncle like, Daddy's are not quite as present as daddies like real you know there's fathers because you know biologically you you made a child so you're a father but then there's dads uncle daddies are not as present as dads like dads they come around holidays maybe and a birthday that's about it so the uncle daddy is an actual father is the actual right? he's father actual, he's the biological father yep but he behaves like the uncle that just pops that in. That pops on, in and out. Wow, when, when that's good. ill. Okay. Mm. I've never heard that. I've never, I I've never heard that up. as an uncle daddy. I, I'm pretty yeah, sure I, I just, made that up. I just heard that as an absentee parent. Like, that's kind of <laughs> that's what we call them. Absentee parents. Yeah, they hmm. just showed up like on awards day and shit. You know what I mean? Take pictures and yeah. And then they on go awards on awards day? Yeah. Before awards yeah, day. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like that's Man, that, may yeah. God bless and keep my resting father. But I promise to tell y'all that that was my parents' biggest fight right there. Really? Awards day? Woo! My mother would be waiting at the entrance to the auditorium. Do you understand me? Mm. She like, if the nigga show up, he ain't sitting in the front. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't sitting in the front. You hear me? Yeah. I'm trying to tell y'all, my parents used to go, my mom used to go off about that awards day. You can't come here and reap the benefit of awards exactly. day. Get you ain't credit. even buy yeah. the outfit. You ain't even buy you the outfit. You ain't buy the outfit. You ain't, Nigga, you ain't put in. You ain't put in on this. He's Uncle like, baby, let me, baby, let me see your award. You'll get to hold that. You can't hold that. Uncle Daddy's out there. And you need to know that every year around the same time, your kid goes back to school. <laughs> and every year they grow, you know, a size or two. Shoes, um, underwear, mm, socks. They need things like lotion 
and and soap and food. Deodorant. Food. Yeah. food. Yeah. Deodorant. If they're mm. a boy, they need to know how to pee in the toilet. Yes, um, please. Yeah. <laughs> yes, um, please. You you feel my attitude. Mm. I have one. Mm. Trying to I, I you know, I went online and I figured out the the the, the putting the Cheerios in the toilet. You know, so I could oh, show the shit. child the aim for the for so, the Cheerios. Wow! Because I've never oh. had a penis. I've never wow. had one. I I uh, don't know how Fonte, it works. Did you? Did you, you know? I did not learn to piss on Cheerios. Yes, they no, float. I did not. That is a new phenomenon. So you can aim. Teach, you know, <laughs> if you're a single mom and you don't have anybody, wow. uh, You know, That's there's it. there's a lot of creativity involved <laughs> about things that you know not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely didn't learn to piss on Cheerios. I think where I got kind of lucky in that aspect, I'm just naturally just kind of a OCD kind of clean, neat freak. So anything, any, you know, any splash or something that got on the toilet or the side, like I would wipe oh, it up. Oh, look at that like, concept. An after wipe. I didn't know that. That, didn't that sounds about that. like that yeah. sounds like hmm. some motherly love and attention. Like, hey, listen, you're gonna <laughs> <laughs> not listen, man. I'm so scarred by Saturday mornings. And a damn, a motherfucking Comet bottle? The, the bottle mm. of Comet? Ooh. Oh, nigga. Mm. Let me tell you These something. These kids don't know about Comet? Putting that in the, they don't know about that Comet. You got to put that Comet in the let tub it, and let it sit. Let it sit. My grandmother used to clean my knees with Comet. So it's a yes. piss. That was a thing. That was a thing, Jill. Comet yeah. or... Cleaned your knees with you was a black knee girl. You was a black knee girl. Yeah, I was a black. I was a black knee girl. Well, I never yeah. was because my grandmother and did not clean your knees with comments. Yes. Yeah, because it was it was it was the early yeah. exfoliant. Yeah, that or lemon. You know, some lemon. You know, I heard don't do that. Before. Don't do that yeah. to your children. But to this day, my knees are not darker than That's, my legs and thighs because that was a of, curse that. of the light skin. Y'all don't know about so, that life. That, <laughs> I really don't. That sounds, I'm gonna tell you, my so mama. Well, you know what, though? Black folks bless us. Bless okay. us. Bless us. Bless us. Out of the mouth of necessity, we will come up. Honey. We will figure something out. And a black grandmother will save your life and traumatize you in the the same same way. Five minutes of interaction. I love it so much. It's like wowzers. My grandmother used to put WD-40 on her knees. Oh, shit. (laughs) Did that make it move more? That's what she thought. Oh, baby, no. She would send me to like the car shop. To go get her some WD forty for her Ooh. knees. Yeah, she lived to be ninety one years old. And she did she run a lot? Was she a runner at ninety? She or? was not a runner, but okay. up until the end, but, yo, but she could lift knees. the legs above her head. Wow. Let, let me, but let me say this though. Yeah. Let me say this. Let me, let me, let me say this just as uh, just to put a, a kind of you know some context to this. They don't make niggas like that no more. <laughs> no. Like, let me just, you know, I mean, like, you know no. what I'm saying? Like, they just, that model of nigga that can put WD-40 on their knees, that shit's been discontinued. If you try to go to the factory and look for parts for that kind of I nigga, they don't make them anymore. They like that. Listen, man, you can't, like, the way, like, the, our, like your grandparents, my grandparents, dude. We can't do it like if that. If you try to do that shit now, oh, nigga, you out of here. Like, that out of just here. don't. Yeah, it's like it's like drug addiction. Like, yeah, I just tell my buddies, like, you know, when they say like all these artists, like when they see people like dying and like, you know, you see artists like, you know, overdosing and like stuff like that. And they look at dudes in the seventies, like, damn, but George Clinton was right. doing all the drugs and Keith Richard was Them doing drugs. all the drugs. It's like, mm-hmm. listen, you gotta understand mm-hmm. what drug addiction was in the seventies versus what drug addiction is now, those are two different things. In the seventies, like you lived in a time when the world would stop. So like when you got off stage. You know, it would, you know, TV would go off, right? Like, there was not a 24-hour news cycle. So, there was somewhat of a break. Like, when you got on you a plane and peace. you went somewhere <laughs> in peace, and you could actually disappear. Yeah. Like, you could actually be unavailable. Yeah, the time of you as us as human beings being unavailable, that just doesn't really happen. So, if you doing cocaine in 2020, like, and 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 got your Instagram stories and TikTok and all this shit, nigga, you gonna die fast. <laughs> Cause you got too much activity going on. <laughs> and you ain't, you cannot stop. You cannot stop the business. The business continues at all. <laughs> and because we have so many outlets, and and there's always, like you said, TikTok. There's so much social media. There's so much television. There's so much of everything. You have a phone to on consume, you. Yeah. You know wherever you go. Yeah. I always thought. 
that it was going to be some kind of crazy, you know, you were going to get kidnapped. This is, you know, my imagination and my conspiracy theories um, that you were going to get kidnapped and, and you're going to wake up with, you know, robotic arms and hands and legs and stuff to be a cyborg. You know what I mean? That they were going to infuse <laughs> us into the system with uh, robotics. However, oh, like Star Trek. Yes, but you don't even have to. We are glued to the thing in our hand that we carry it around. We don't even have to have it infused. This infused is stuck to our hand. I got, I got hand injuries because of my damn phone. No, you got neck injuries because of your damn phone. Neck injuries. Yeah, I do have a little. The back of my neck is 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 interesting. You know what? I'm saying I see it right now. You was looking down at like you you was having. Withdraw. I saw. I'm sorry. I said too much. So saying that, this is the part of the show where me and Laia fight, and where we where we actually go out back <laughs> and scrap. This is that part. I'm trying Excuse to be me there. Real quick, thirty I'm, seconds. I'm trying to be there. And guess you just what? Go I'm, bring, I'm bringing oil. Oh, well, I'm you spray nasty. y'all down. Jill, you always nasty. I'm gonna make you some money. You got to make it nasty. <laughs> She gotta make it nasty every time. She gotta make it nasty. That's why people say nobody talking about it. That's why we love her. Say it again, Bronte, because she don't believe it. She don't believe it. That's why we love her. That's why we love her. Because you make it nasty every time. Well, biscuits, kibbutz, every time. But you love it. Embrace it. Embrace it. But but in the immortal, because but listen, embrace because in the immortal words of our philosopher, Big Quit, if you ain't nasty, what the fuck you doing? Bam! Oh, and this is what gets us having children with somebody we shouldn't be having children with. Hey, man. Yeah, well, put put now, put so all, fuck it. Hey, put us all in the club. Put yeah. everybody in the club. Because all yeah. of us done looked at them before and said, wow. Yeah. I just got mine wow. on early. So yeah. That's you? That's you? That's I'm, me? I'm saying this. If you can strap up, if you are if you know you're not trying to be a parent. I love if, the And you back. can't strap up, then you have to take a little snippity snip snip. You gotta oh. do, you have to do something yeah. no. because what you end That's up doing as an absentee father or as a uncle daddy is you're putting a whole rack of pressure on one parent, which sucks as a single parent. I could tell you that that sucks. And you have to resource. You got to go out and again, you know, create your village, find some sincere gentlemen to be a part of your kid's life. Where, and yeah, because when you do that, you you also like to what you were saying, you put undue a lot of pressure on the other parent and you also upend the parental dynamic. So now all of a sudden, rather than both of us being is together, now it's one parent is the work parent and the other parent is the fun. Parent. Unfair. Right. And that is not what parenting is. You know, what I mean, right. it's like you get to show up and throw the party and take him to the mall and do all this shit. But mm-hmm. I'm the one that actually has to do the work, the day to day. You know, what I'm saying the homework, the the cooking, the meals, the the actual the fever, the, you know the, I mean? the vomiting in the middle of the night. Right. The, I'm scared because right. I saw something on TV all night long. Yeah. That that business. But then the other parent shows up with a pair of Jordans, and it's just like, oh my god. Yo, like, yeah. But bigger yeah. to you, Fonte, because Jill, I don't know if you heard what he said, but uh, you put the scissors where your mouth was, and he actually did take the snip because he knew he yeah. was done. Bless you. Yeah, it was done. It was done. Not, and you know what? And I and honestly say, and I've told Asia this before, and I've told Fatin this before, like, I read an article about, you know, with Fatin, he talked very openly like, mm-hmm. about his perspective. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, and I read and I was like, wow, like, it just, it gave me a new perspective on oh, it. You know, oh, yeah. I never heard anyone, any man, like, talk about it. He like, documented it. About, like, like, he visually yeah, documented we had, we, Yeah, we did a whole episode of Six Is It on it. Oh, wow. Yeah, we did a whole episode on it, talked to his doctor and everything. But, you know, like, again, I, I understand um, accountability and, and accountability is important. I don't care who you are. Uh, individual yeah. accountability is important in terms of the type of life you want to live. And that's what I'm getting to. And, and I get that. Right. Because we're talking about this and, and I understood where it went and how folks, you know, Aja, Fonte, Laia, you guys are like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You can't say. But there is a certain <laughs> level of accountability that has to be put in place. Right. That has to be put yeah. in place. When the person you're dating does not talk about their children, they have children, that is not somebody you want to consider a potential mate. That's not somebody right. you want to consider a potential father to your child. 
if all of the baby mamas, however many they are, if it's one, two, three, seven, I don't know, however many there yeah. are, if they don't like him, Mm. You may want to there's a common denominator. There's a, common, is, there's denominator. a common denominator for sure. There's a common denominator. You have to consider these things. I'm just saying I think all of those things work together. Those things work together. I just those things are true and they are true and they stand alone. I think we got to be real careful about how we make those things the reason black people got problems. Oh, I, like I, I don't just, think this is the this is the part where I'm just kind of like okay, let's just be careful how we intersect. Do these we truths, do we agree right? that the attempt yeah. to deconstruct the black family is one of the reasons? Like, do we just go general? Like the the purposeful de- deconstruction of the black family is the reason. One of yeah, well, yeah, I think the, the the deconstruction of the black family and then just the deconstruction of you know of black right. people. You know, what I'm saying right. individually, as, you know, as men and women. You know, I think. My whole thing is just like, listen, I understand that black men and black women, we have all like harmed each other and have Mm. been, you know, have been extremely, you know, hurtful to each other in different ways. I want us to acknowledge that and to work on that and have conversations with each other. But I also want us to have the common goal of understanding that none of that shit is our fucking fault. You know what I mean? Like we we all were taught or I won't even say talk, we all were indoctrinated from a very fucked up yes, manual sir. that we had no hand yes, in sir. writing. Amen. And you know what I'm saying? And I just want us to start there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we can, we. I don't want us to attack each other. I want us to attack the problem. Hold each other accountable, talk to each other, you know, honor each other's feelings, but understand that like, yo, none of this shit, this, that, that script was already written before we fucking Absolutely, got here. Absolutely, without question, acknowledging that truth that is the whole truth. Yeah. Now, Uh-oh. to be to begin from here, yeah. yeah, to begin from here, and that's the purpose. That's the point. More conversation after the break. From BBC Radio Four, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment. Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey... We came to play. Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. And I thought 2020 was a time that, you know, really gave us just some of the conversations that I've been able to have. Again, my family, you know what I'm saying, my friends, both you know, male and female, particularly with Black people, you know, we have been able to have conversations now where we are now able to rethink mm-hmm. everything. Like 2020 was like a slate, you know, that was the mark to me, that was the mark that said, this is how you know that whatever you was doing before this, that shit wasn't working. Yeah. 
So now's the time for you to examine all of your old processes, relationships, yes. um, you know, customs, yeah. anything that doesn't serve you, that hasn't been serving you. Like now is the time to clean that shit the fuck up because whatever it is, once we come out of this period, you know, the skills that we're learning now, we're going to need those skills for the rest of our lives, you know, for the duration. Amen. And, you know, me and my boy was talking tonight about how if you think about like Jill, like you talk about your grandma, how if you had grandparents or relatives that grew up in the Depression, every, you know, grandma in the South, they got that freezer in the in the garage yeah. that's got like 50 fucking pounds of meat. I got one right <laughs> now. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got one too. You yep. know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like those are customs that, you know, people who live through the Depression, who live through hard times. I mean, those are things that they customs that they adapted and they never let go of. Yeah. Like, like mothballs. 50, 60, 70 years. Moth, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, they still mm -hmm. doing that. And so yeah. I think now, you know, with the things that we're learning now, I think we're learning some, if you, you know, if you're intuitive and you're working on yourself, I think this is just the time where we're able to kind of separate what's real in our lives versus what's bullshit. Y'all like, I know you smell mothballs. <laughs> Have you ever seen them? Mothballs? Yes, I have. Yes. I don't think yes, I have. Like, I, just, no, I, I haven't seen them since I was a little kid. Yeah, to yeah. be 100% honest. Me too. I how, haven't seen them since I was a little kid. How did you get in between their little legs? Uh, huh? Say what now? What happened? You were nasty. I don't that's, know what that's, that's You know what? Shout out to uh, my favorite mother for uh, giving me <laughs> that joke. Fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> oh, See? God. Okay, I now... I have... Oh, 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 I, I was so late. Great big bucket of fish. I was so late. Wow. Thank you. I Thank did. you. I'll be here all week. Ladies and gentlemen, just... Try the veal. Ladies and your waiter and try the veal, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Yeah, that's, okay. that's, just, that's a joke from Wowzers. my mom. Yeah. She's yeah, great. Okay. That's why we yeah. love you. Thank you, Miss Joyce. Thank you. All right. Yeah. So on, on that note, we're ending in some laughter. We have one question for you, Fonte. Sure. What's on your heart? What's on my heart, man? Um, <laughs> I think everybody. Mm. And um, yeah, I think you know what's on my heart now is just kind of touching back to what we were talking about earlier. Just using this time. You know, the biggest thing that what this year has done for me is that it really gave me the opportunity to really take inventory of my life and really determine the person that I want to be, you know, going forward. And, uh, you know, that was something that I never had the opportunity to really think about because I was just so busy doing and working and recording and touring and this and that, you know, that I never really had the chance to sit down and say, yo, man, like, who, who do I really want to be? And, you know, Corona was, and I've said this before, like, you know, it's not a game changer. It's an accelerator. You know what I mean? It's things that were not, you know, systems that have been dying for a long time. Like, JCPenney's been dying forever. <laughs> Two weeks of the Rona got them niggas the fuck out the paint. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Sir, <laughs> sir, I really do miss sir. them. I got great towels from there. when Their sales were magnificent. We all did, yes. yes. Towels and sheets. <laughs> all your linens. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, this is... <laughs> So this was like my time of just thinking of, you know, the person I want to be thinking of, you know, just the, you know, the man I want to be for my family, you know, and just uh, cleaning up just a lot of, you know, shit within myself and just really facing myself in a way that we never had the opportunity to. And, you know, COVID was like, like I've said, you know, it was God calling everybody's bets in. And so, mm. you know, whatever you got in your hand, ain't no bluffing, nigga. Like, you mm. got to play that shit. You know you what I'm saying? You got to play that shit. Yes, oh, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yo, my nigga. <laughs> me and Fatigue was having that conversation the other day. It was like, bruh, conversations <laughs> that we put off? Yeah. From right. circa from circa 2009? <laughs> like 20 years, 10, 11 years. 20 I years. Said, yeah, bruh. I, I mean, know so I'm many, trying to tell you. Listen. Man, I know so many couples right now that are like going through divorces. I know so many, you know, people that like done lost jobs, of course, and then some people that leaving job. Like this is the point where you know I think for me and what I've seen, just a lot of my friends, they're looking at their lives and they're saying, okay, this is one of the most uncertain and just craziest times in human history, and. If I can get through this mm. time in history yeah. without this bullshit, mm -hmm. then when did that ever serve me? Right. When did it Woo! ever serve me? 
You know what when I mean? When did it ever serve me? Like if I'm at, if this is a point in my life where I'm at my most vulnerable, my most, you know, uncertain, like we don't know what's happening. And it has no worth now? It ain't got no worth now. It don't have no worth now at the worst time. Then it doesn't have any worth it at all. It never had worth. It never had any worth. <laughs> I, it never did. Come on. Listen. So, yeah. So, that's what's what? kind of on my heart, man. Just thinking about, you know, just, you know, moving forward and just, you know, taking care of uh, black people. Just, you know, us just taking better care of each other in the future. That's why I want to see. And that's why yeah, I, I want to come on. And just chop it up with y'all. Like, I feel like I'm on the view of some shit. Like, this is <laughs> what I've it never, should be. I, I've never done this. Like, I've never been on a right. you know panel. But it's, it's so perfect though, because I, I used to tease Fonte all the time and say, "You are such a friend to the black woman." Like I appreciate you. <laughs> He's been my my brother and my guardian in so many situations where it felt unprotected, and I just appreciate you so much. That's all. I, I appreciate you too, man. And I and I try. I mean, and listen, you know, I mean, no one's perfect. I ain't always got it right. You know, what I'm saying I'm always working on it. But um, this was definitely a year. And I mean, really, this is the past couple of years with me, you know, getting remarried and just even that time of, you know, just being in therapy and like really just. You heard that? Did he, he said it. He said it like, out loud. He said it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's not you need it. I mean, listen. Come on, I just therapy. Told, I just told one of my buddies, I said, listen, bro, it's like this, man. Like, I, I look at it like this. It's like your 20s is when you fuck shit up. Come on. Like, you just fuck shit up. Mm-hmm. Your 30s is when you say, you know what? I would like to fuck up a little less. And so you make changes, try to fuck up a little less. And then in your 40s is when you realize, yo, I'm fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) I will have to, I just want to, I want to, I want to insert myself there for a second and say, that is the black man. That's for men. Okay. Uh, Okay. That's for me. Okay. That's for men. I'm sorry. Not just black, not just for black men, but that was for men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with all love to you. Because our 30s, our 30s is when, well, I'll put it this way. When shit tries to fuck us over. Hmm. Mm. Our That's what it's like is, for women. Yeah. Yes. Our 30s is when life comes for our ass. Mm. Yeah. And our 40s is for not giving a fuck. Mm. You feel me? Mm. Now, that, now that part, that is where I think we link back up. Because my <laughs> right. 40s, like this. Like, nigga, let me tell you something. Hmm. Uh, sh- <laughs> Things I give a fuck about. That is a very short list. Hi. <laughs> oh, God, Hi. yes. Yes. A yes. lot of my yeah. sentences start with what you not going to do. <laughs> <laughs> what you not going to do. <laughs> mine, mine always start with, let me explain something to you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yours is so, and mine start with, nigga, let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's right. right. <laughs> let me tell you something. <laughs> yeah. I trans, you know, I shorten everything. I translate that into, listen. There it is. <laughs> right, that too. That that works as well. There it that is. I well. like I like listen. Listen mm-hmm. is good. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, I'm so glad that you listened today. You are meant to be amazing in this life. It's supposed to be juicy. It's supposed to drip down your wrist, darling. And anything else is a waste of your time and your existence. Go away. Get off of here and be fantastic. We thank you so much for your time, Fonte. Man, thank y'all for having me. This is beautiful. I appreciate it. Y'all laughing because I'm nasty. Yes! You bitch every time! You but me again, that's why we love you. <laughs> yes, you never ate a peach. You're disgusting. That's you just, nasty you just, too. You just go right to the nasty parts. That's not bitch. even what I was saying. It was like you a said peach. eat a peach. You said like a, peach. a peach. That's nasty too. What are we doing? A what peach is another fruit. Yes. A peach is nasty. nasty. When did a peach get nasty? Peaches are not nasty. They're sexual. I'm sorry. Exactly. You see what Fonte's doing there? All fruit is sexual. Seriously. Yeah, you gotta. You gotta eat that peach from the back. It is part. the best part. I've been she blushes to... and claps. Fonte, you this so good. The There's lessons in this thing, fellas. There's lessons. He's not wrong. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Hi. If you have comments on something yeah. we said in this episode, call 866 866- Hey, Jill. If you want to add to this conversation, that's 866-439-5455. Don't forget to tell us your name and the episode you're referring to. You might just hear your message on a future episode. Thank you for listening to Jill Scott Presents, J.Ill, the podcast. This podcast is hosted by Jill Scott, Laia St. Clair, and Aja Graydon-Dantzler. 
Its executive producers are Jill Scott, Sean G, and Brian Calhoun. It's produced by Laia St. Clair and me, Eve Jeffcoat. The editing and sound design for this episode were done by Christina Loringer. J.Ill is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.